Welcome to the Fixtures Podcast. Yay. Episode six. Game week five. Game week five. Yeah. Um, if you're counting the bonus episode that... Yeah, seven, we had a bonus. We're not counting that. that was not, we didn't count. It was the best episode, though. Um, it was the best episode, though. Speaking of bonus episodes... So we're back from the international break. Um, yay. So we have some games to review. Um, Game review. Did you make so, any notes? Yeah. Uh, nice job. I'm proud of you. So let's open things up with Liverpool 3, Newcastle 1. Newcastle's still not good. Um, Liverpool's still good. Sadio Mane. Firmino had a really good pass in that game that I saw. Oh, yeah. The, uh, the uh, flick to Salah for the third goal. Oh, it was fantastic. Bobby is such a good player. It's amazing. How good he is. Um, but is he the best number nine in the league? Yes. I think Aww. I would say yes. I would have to say that he's a number might actually be nine, but he doesn't play like a number nine. Yeah, I think he's more of a false nine. No, he plays like a false nine or a number ten, honestly. Yeah. And I would say he's the best at that in the league. He, he's he's a fantastic very quality. He's a I, fantastic center forward. I, 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 this might be the best attack in the league. Although I can't, I can't say that with a straight face because then I remember Kevin De Bruyne. Sadio Mane Sergio Aguero and Salah are yeah, but still feuding. No, they're not. Didn't you see that? Uh, Probably. No, didn't you see that um, Salah posted a, a video of them where it was superimposed over like two kids meeting in the street and they ran up and hugged each other? And then uh, Mane retweeted it or re-Instagrammed it or whatever you kids call it these days. Um, I did not see that because I am not a Liverpool fan. Yeah, I did not either. Yeah, you should follow really them. Don't care about Liverpool at all. You should also follow James Milner on on everything because <laughs> it's great. James um, Milner officially today has been playing football, professional football, for half his life. He also is putting a book out. So check it's that out. The most boring book ever. It is. I think it's called uh, like answering your questions about kicking a football around. <laughs> um, so yeah, James Milner's coming out with a book. Liverpool's top of the league. Things are looking good, guys. Um, things are looking good. Newcastle still in trouble. Uh, I mean, I feel like this isn't the kind of game to gauge where they're at, though. No, no, it's not. Um, but I, I don't know. They they didn't they didn't look very strong. Which again, they're not really going to against Liverpool. But they did score the the first goal. So that's always kudos a plus. to them for that. But then they got flattened. How did I get paint on so, this? Um. So uh, I think that wraps up Liverpool Newcastle. Not too much to talk about there. Liverpool is kind of cruising at the moment. They're on track to potentially beat the record for most wins straight. I believe it's eighteen games. I think they're at fifteen right now. I thought it was. I thought City broke that last year with nineteen. It, it was something. It's something insane. All right. So, Next is Manchester United one, Leicester City zero. This game was kind of uh, kind of dull. Um, just that penalty in the eighth minute was the really only thing to separate the two sides. That sounds um, United looked like the better side in this game. Daniel James had a couple really good chances. I think he's gotten almost a little too confident at the moment, and he's kind of fishing for chances. Um, I mean, well, honestly, keep going. I mean, he's been doing great so far. You might as well. I mean, if he if he keeps on missing them, I'd say calm down a little bit. But you know, you know why not for a little bit right now? Yeah, but he's kind of looking for crazy goals. So hey, man, if you if you don't shoot, you can't score. So um, overall, this game was pretty even. Uh, were you guys surprised that this game was even as it is, considering Leicester has been doing pretty exceptional so far, and United has been. Kind of floundering. I think a terrible Manchester United is equal to a good Leicester. Yeah, I, I think the same thing. I mean, like a lot. What a lot of people don't realize is how far away the top six is from the rest of the league. Like this is the worst United team I have seen in such a long time. I watched my first season watching soccer was literally David Moyes, like first season. But you know what? This is worse than that, honestly. Like, I, but like. You know, they're still so much better than Leicester. They're still so much better than Wolves. I don't see any team catching up to Manchester United, Chelsea, Arsenal, any of them. All right. Well, Nikki, do you agree with that? Yes. I could see Leicester sneaking into the top six this this season. 
Um, because they're a good side. United and Chelsea are both kind of still floundering. United, I think, more so than Chelsea at this point, which is a little unexpected. But um, I don't know. We'll see when the uh, youth magic wears off at Chelsea if they're still uh, what's left after that. They do have a couple players coming back from injury, too. Don't forget Callum Hudson-Odoi and, and yeah, the other one. And Ruben Loftus-Cheek. Yep. That guy. <laughs> yep. So they do have good people coming back from injury, but I don't know. Can they keep it up? We shall see. But, yeah, I don't know. I think United would have wanted more from this game. Um, Rashford scoring a penalty is good, considering all the penalty drama earlier that we've probably all forgotten about. Um, I think Pogba was out this game. So Rashford took that penalty. Um, yeah, All right. Fogba was out, and he was yeah, he was out. Out. He wasn't even on the bench. Yeah, he, I think he, I think he just picked up a knock or something. Was yeah, it, I don't with, think he's out extended for an extended period of time. Just that one match. Um, okay, so moving on, Sheffield United nil, Southampton one. So not only does Billy Sharp score their first ever, no, not first ever, sorry, just first Premier League goal this season, he also got their first red card. That's well, I mean, off. Yeah, actually, their first ever it Premier League goal. It is their first ever Premier League goal, because I don't think they've ever they've been, never in, the been in the Premier League. Yeah. I thought they when were, it was I thought the, they were when in, it, in it, the it, 2000s. No, so. that was Sheffield Wednesday. And that's, uh, really? that's since it's been the Premier League. They were in the top fight of English football pre-Premier League. Um, so... So yeah, that was their first ever uh, Premier League goal. And South, yeah. Southampton's jerseys are really ugly. <laughs> that was last week's episode, Nick. You had your chance. Um, mm-hmm. We didn't get to us. Well, that'll be next international break. I'm excited. Um, so yeah, Southampton, this is kind of a battle. For, this is definitely a battle for the lower end of the table of who's going to be avoiding relegation and who might be going down. Southampton really walking away with some critical points here, I think, especially I at home to Sheffield United. And Sheffield United hasn't been looking bad, but uh, I, I think, don't know. This might set them back. I think Southampton is still going down. I think these teams are going to finish in 16th and 17th. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think right now Sheffield United is in 15th place with five points. And um, Southampton is in 10th with yeah. 7 points. So Southampton actually has more points at the moment. And it's tied with Bournemouth, Everton, and Crystal Palace. Really? Where did they get those points? Uh, yeah, they beat Sheffield United. Oh, and they beat uh, Brighton, which is not really... And they tied United. That's a pretty good result. That's a really good result. <laughs> that is a good result. But, uh, well, it's a good result if you're... Yeah, Southampton. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Hey, so you look at that, Mark. I know that my team is bad, man. We'll get there. We'll get that. there. We'll get there. Um, currently, Liverpool sitting in, in with 15 points. Um, City, we'll get to. Oh, we'll get to it. It's coming. Your show notes are just blank. Because <laughs> it's just my show notes are just City. Ah, uh, um, so. We'll get there. We'll get there, Brighton, guys. Burnley. We're saving the best for last. Uh, Brighton, Brighton Burnley. won. Burnley won. Yay. How can anyone ever say that either of these two teams are the favorite team? I'm kidding. If you're from if you're from the city, it's respectable. I think, but just watching I think it for the United these States. These are yeah. legitimately the two most boring teams in the league. Yeah. Um, I don't know. The 91st minute goal was a little exciting. It was a good goal. It was came out of nowhere. From outside the box, just kind of the last-ditch effort, and it happened to go in, and they happened to salvage the draw. Um, Lucky. Yeah, a little bit. It was a little bit of luck, but, I mean, it was definitely a hard shot, but it was, yeah, Brighton kind of got FIFA'd here yeah. um, with the 91st-minute goal. So, I don't know. Brighton, I think, could have done better here. They kind of controlled this game. 63% possession. 491 passes to Burnley's 284. But, Burnley, uh, Burnley's only shot on target was the goal. That, yeah. Yeah, that, the goalie should have had that. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it was so late in the day that it was, it's, honestly, they were expecting the whistle to be blown, and it, 
I guess after 91 minutes without having to like save the ball, yeah, I guess Matt Ryan got a little bored. So, All right, uh, next up, game yeah. of the week. <laughs> no, it's not. How would this not be game of the week? Um, because we'll get there. A seven goal. It doesn't matter. Thriller. It doesn't matter because we'll get there. We'll get to the game of the week. But this, this is, is not the game, of the, of, the game of, the no, of the week. It's your game of the week. I would say Chelsea Tammy, five, Wolves two. I'd say Tammy Abraham, man of the match for both teams. Got both, Steven, both teams some important goals. Steven, if you're out there, I'm sorry. Who? He's the kid that watched the Champions League final with us. That's the Wolves fan. Oh. And he listens to every episode. Oh. Um, Love you, Steven. So, the loyal fan. What Mike clipping? No, you're okay. okay. Um, so what, what, what happened here, Nick? What went, what went right? Everything, pretty much. Uh, Tammy Abraham can't stop scoring. Scores on both ends. <laughs> you know, um, Fikayo Tamori literally just hailed Jesus, and then hit that shot. I mean, I think he was like what, like forty yards. 30-something? Oh, he was way out he there. He was way out there. And apparently, Azpilicueta screamed at him, Don't shoot! And then and, re- and they were interviewing all the players about what they thought when he took on the shot. And they all said to Mori, Oh my God, what are you doing? <laughs> so, but, um, yeah, that was a good goal by them. I was very happy seeing that. It's great to see another academy boy coming in. Every person that scored in this game for Chelsea was an academy boy. This is such an exciting Chelsea team. I, I hate that. But um, like, this Chelsea team is going to be our class of '99. I, I think so. Actually, okay, I'm gonna say I'm gonna predict that they're not gonna reach the same heights because that that United team was just insane. No, and but like I, I'm gonna say Nick. At what point does the kind of youth magic wear off? All of them are playing well Five right two. now. We're because just getting started. Game week fourteen. Yeah, I'm calling it right now. <laughs> I'm. Uh, I I still. I mean, I anticipated this that this was going to be. They were going to look good for a few games, but at some point, I think they're going to hit a wall. And if the egos start crumbling, I think you mean a wall that Tammy Abraham can absolutely destroy with a hat trick. I don't know. Um, okay, okay. Obviously, Tammy Abraham is literally the top scorer in the league right now. What I'm okay, I was doubting Tammy Abraham before this game. Everybody was doubting Tammy because Abraham. he scored two goals in four. Sorry, four goals in two games against really weak opposition. And yes, Wolves side is doing awful, but come on, a hat trick against Wolves. That, he, he's showing I mean, they some have really Rui good Patricio in goal. That's a really solid goalie. And the, their defense is not bad at all. I mean, I think they've got an injury or two back there right now, but still, th- that that's impressive. Plus the Mason Mount scoring again, uh, which is also very really nice to see. Yeah, two injuries have, back there, yeah. yeah. It's but, really uh, nice to see Mason Mount scoring again, too. Yeah, Mason Mount also coming back from uh, international duty, getting his call up. Um, I think, uh, yeah, Tammy also got his call up, too. And... Uh, I know we touched on this a bit in the week before the international break, but what is going on with Wolves? Is this really the European curse of the seventh place team who can't hack it in the uh, in the Europa League and explodes? What's going on here? Why? I, think I mean, they upgraded the parts that they didn't need to upgrade. I think their attack was their attack was fine, but their defense is just atrocious right now. I wouldn't I think call they it didn't, atrocious. They're, they're not. They're not addressing the problems. They just need, would you say it's the weakest point in their team? It is because they don't have enough defenders. They, they they're missing. They're, they're missing. not addressing the problem that they have. But this same team finished seventh place last year. But this team wasn't playing as many games last year. I mean, they've precisely. They've already, they've those, already those had two old defenders. Back. They have old defenders on their the team. The Europa League hasn't even really started yet. We're not I mean, even doing the group, We're not even to the group stages yet. I, I mean, would honestly say what's the qualifiers happen, are going to affect them more. What's going to happen when the, we hit to the group stages and these they're playing games week in, week out? I mean, right now, Wolves is in 19th place. Jeez. Three points, no wins, three draws. The only team doing worse than them right now is Watford, who we'll get to. Uh. Um, that's bad news, Bears for Wolves. I mean, as I'm not, I don't think I'm going to be as dramatic as uh, my father was. Um, Wolves are going down. <laughs> honestly, no, they're not going down. <laughs> no, I think they'll be. I, I think they'll, they'll be, be okay. okay once they get knocked out of the Europa League. 
Um, but they really got to turn something around. I mean, they have so much, so many good strikers, and they just can't hit the net. I think I, it's just their defense. I think I think once most of their players get back, like uh, I think Willie Bully or something is out on is out injured, and Bully and uh, Matt Doherty. But Matt Doherty came Doherty, on. Yeah. One thing I would like game. to uh, say real quick about the Chelsea team is that uh, Callum Hudson Odoi and Reese James are both back in action. Now they played in training. No, they played Premier League two games. Oh, yeah, yeah, for the reserve side. Yeah, but they're back. They're in full training. They're back in Premier League two. It's looking good. Uh, we didn't start Christian Pulisic. He played three in the back. It was the good old days, man. And your uh, your boy Marcus Alonso. I know he's coming back in. I'm really happy to see him. Honestly, I think he played pretty well. I think he's been playing. But I think he played better than Emerson has been playing. So I hope that continues. With him. It's just because it's the back five. Yeah, it's because that's what Marcus Alonso's best at. He's a best at left wing back because he's a natural left mid. So, yeah, and I mean, it's good to see Rudiger back. Obviously, I think that was the biggest boost they needed. And Christensen finally came out of hiding, which was Christensen nice. Christensen came out of hiding. And Tamori, and I like that back three, honestly, a lot. Zuma was banned to the Shadow Realm until he came on. I like that, but I like that back three. Zuma should not play another game for this Chelsea team until like 2037. I 100% agree. Honestly, he can just leave. He's been every defensive mistake we've had has pretty much been because of Zuma. I wish it was just one player for Arsenal. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. That's the word of the day. This the, the second half of this episode is going to be great, guys. Um, yeah. So I don't know. This is a good win for Chelsea away at Wolves. Some quality, uh, quality all around there. And speaking of quality, we're moving on to Spurs four, Crystal Palace nil. I don't think anybody expected this Crystal Palace side to put up a fight. Still though, how good is Son? I think I would say he's Spurs' best player right now. I would too. One hundred percent most reliable. I think yeah. I think by far he's the most reliable. I think he's the one of their best players. If not, they're the best player on Spurs. I know a lot of people will say Harry Kane, but I feel like Son is far more consistent. And, God, his ability to just destroy defenses is just so fun to watch. I, I Yeah, he's just a, a fantastic player all around. You think Eric Lamella gets a, gets a mention for second place at least? I'm kidding. He's not. He's not their second best player. <laughs> no, not by a long shot. Um, but yeah, remember when he was their replacement for Bale? What? No, remember when they spent the Bale money on Roberto Soldado? <laughs> yeah, but their their replacement for Bale was Lamella. He better. I'm sorry, but still better than Roberto Soldado. Yeah, obviously. I mean, I I don't even know what happened there. <laughs> he was good in Spain, bad at Spurs, then good in Spain again. Um, I think. Also, Serge Aurier coming back for Spurs. That looks uh, that's promising for them. Interesting formation. They made a little man. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, and up front with two strikers, uh, with Son and Kane. A four-two-two-two. Very interesting. This formation is not even in FIFA. Well, I think it's uh, it'll probably it's just probably calls no, different. It's, it's yeah. It's, no, it's actually not. It's not in FIFA. Well, no, but this is not actually. I I this is just a rough outline of what they were actually playing. I mean, when you talk about actual tactics and not FIFA tactics, formations are kind of loose. They change throughout the whole game. Yeah, yeah they change throughout the game. They change on offense to defense. They change change just so much, and it's more about roles than anything about what role you're playing, you know, if someone is playing as a forward, I think this formation is good though, because it, it takes away the space in the midfield that is usually left there when the, when there's a gap between the attacking in the midfield or the defense in the midfield. And this takes that away. Well, they really played some, some very free flowing, uh, football, this, this game. And I mean, really, the box, Crystal Palace's box was just loaded with Spurs players every time they came, uh, every time they were on the attack. It was actually pretty impressive. Um, Crystal Palace, yeah, really laid it, just laid down and took this beating. Um, not much really to say for them other than they really could have done better here. 
Um, could they have, though, with that team? I mean, I'm sorry. Starting Gary Cahill at center back. And with Mamadou Sakho. Sa- that's yeah, like a 2013 Sacco's center back. back. Yeah. It's a 2013 center back pairing. Yeah, but, I mean, those are their starting center backs. And these they're both back from injury, and they just got obliterated. I, d- I don't think this is going to be a good season for Pal- season for Palace. Zaha is the only good spot in their and team. He wants right to now. leave. And Zaha really hasn't. Zaha has not scored or or, or assisted. assisted yeah. He hasn't been involved in any goals. Plus Zaha literally so far this was season. like, "I want to leave so bad. Please just let me leave." And they were like, "No." <laughs> so yeah, Crystal Palace not looking great. Um, this this game, Spurs really looking the part. Yep. If they can keep that run of form going, they'll be uh, a force to be reckoned with. But All right. as Spurs does, Spurs likes to be very inconsistent. And they will beat Crystal Palace 4-0 in a wonderful display of attacking football and then go and lose to Newcastle. And that's just that the way it is. Game. All right. <laughs> Next That's just how Spurs game. do. And now the real game of the week. Are you telling me Brighton won, Burnley won was not the game of the week? Norwich City three. <laughs> Manchester City two. Uh oh. Stinky. Um what happened? This game was fan. They beat the City Press. They did. They did, and not only that, but they beat... They cracked the code. They figured it out. They beat the City Press with 11 injured players. Um, So, this... I mean, seriously... Um, what? <laughs> this game was just uh, unbelievable from start to finish. That header from McLean was great. Uh, Todd Cantwell's goal. I mean, it really shows almost how important Laporte was to this side as well, because City got City got sliced open on several occasions. Remember when City bought Otamendi, and it seemed like a good idea, and now five years later, it's the opposite of anything that we thought it would be ever. I, I want to say something about this game. Go for it. Norwich. They cracked the code, and I think what's going to happen is City is going to try to keep doing the same thing, and then they're still going to keep ending up with results like this and getting played all over. Well, no, this like, is what this is what this is the same thing that happened when uh, City's code was cracked last time. Yeah, when but City's with, code last year wasn't cracked until like no, January. that was two years ago. Two years ago, when Pep's first season. They were, were winning every game. They were shooing to win the league. No, 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 that was his second season. His first season, they finished like fourth. Yeah, no, no, no. That was when they didn't win. Um, and, oh. and they went up and played Celtic up in Scotland, and Celtic just freaking laid them out. All right. Well, back to what I was saying. Now that they found that out. I had to relive, relive that moment okay, in Celtic that, now that, City. Now that someone has found out how to beat them, other teams are going to copy what Norwich did. And if City does not address the issues that they had in this game— they are going to end up with similar results to this. Yeah. I could see that for sure. Um, and I, it was... They beat the City Press. They sliced City's defense open. Uh, Timu Puki scored again. Pookie party! The Pookie party continues. And... Abraham party. More importantly, so. though, I don't think was the first 50 minutes, but rather the last 30 or so when Norwich went into full defensive mode and took the entire brunt of a Manchester City attack and got scored on once by Rodri. I mean, Raheem Sterling and Sergio Aguero were both just completely shut out. They had a few shots and they went and shot him right at Tim Kroll. I mean, it was uh, it was unbelievable to watch Norwich just stand up to Manchester City. How old and is just... Tim Kroll? Old. Uh, yeah, he's pretty old. He's been playing for uh, whatever country he's from. For... He is 31 years. Actually, not that oh, old. Oh, wow. Okay. He's been playing I for feel the like Netherlands he's been for around a long time. Forever. Yeah. Well, he also started out really young with Newcastle. But um, I feel okay. It's going to be a dumb comparison. Dumb analogy, if you will. But uh, this is like uh, in World War II. When 
Britain took all those bombings from Germany and they just stayed stayed up. Uh, I feel like this is what that was, the second half for Norwich. Like, yeah, they, they, they I mean, they were just completely under assault from Manchester City, and it was honestly incredible how they played with so compact and so tight and just shut down anything City tried to do. It was fantastic. It was didn't. amazing. Kudos to Norwich, really. An unbelievable game. If you haven't watched it, go watch it. It's great. They didn't let the fascist oil regime take over. I like it. Um, on the flip side, how screwed is Manchester City without Laporte? Very. Otamendi's not a good defender. Stones is a pretty Stones, bad defender. Stones was terrible this game. Yeah, he I, got. He was the one who got left for dead by Timu Puki twice. I would yeah. be surprised if they switched to a three in the back. Kyle, I feel like Kyle Walker is a better option than Why did Ederson John Stones not play? at this point. He did. Bruh. Bro. What? That's his full name, man. Uh, yeah, it's no, Ederson I know, but like, Morais. why did he not play well? Oh, uh-huh, that's what you meant. <laughs> that's sure. That's what you meant. Um, he didn't really, though. Uh, he had a couple goal, goal goalkeeping errors, but he was really just left out by his defense. I mean, there wasn't much he could do there. I was distraught because I have. He's my fantasy goalie. Thank oh you, yeah, Nikki. he Very didn't get cool. any points because he got scored on three times. Oh, but he did play. Um, uh, yeah, that's the center back's fault. Um, City's not going to be. City's going to be conceding a lot of goals with Stones and Onamendi. Uh I think I saw a statistic earlier where it's like they've played twenty five games together under Pep. They've conceded twenty eight goals. And every other How? center back pairing Ouch. they have bro, has conceded the Westmont, less goals. Bro, the Westmont soccer team played five games. Or no, six now. So we've played six games. And in those six games, we have conceded 29 goals. You guys are just bad. Hey, oh, man, man. That's, that's terrible. Um, 29 that's, goals. That's, that's why you don't have a podcast Ow. about your team. Um <clears throat> So yeah, there, this was a fantastic game. Norwich coming away with three points, really, and with eleven injuries, ten injuries. Tim Cruel was on the injured list and managed to actually start though, and really should have been man of the match with his saves that he made. It was fantastic. Um, so yeah, that that for me was game of the week. Um, moving on though, well, you're uh, wrong. Bournemouth three, Everton one. Everton All of a sudden, at, Everton back to good old Everton? It's just Everton at Goodison Park is like England during World War II. And Everton <laughs> away is like France during World War II. Um, yeah, this... Uh, Callum Wilson with two goals. Ryan Frazier with the other one. Uh, this was... Honestly, this was uh, some vintage Bournemouth from last season and some vintage Everton. Uh, it was the the... You know, new fancy Everton side with all their new fancy signings. And Dominic Calvert-Lewin scores. Oh, my goodness. And uh, this is this is the way it is. He's not good. I think Everton should start putting up uh, missing person posters for Moise Keane. He's just nowhere to be seen. Well, he's been, start- he's been coming on as a sub. He's just too young to be really... He's starting. He's just gone. He's just, there's just, it's like they sub him on and there's just a blank. You can't expect a 19 year old who has only been ever playing in a different country to all to like suddenly be used to, you know, this new country. Like, I know, but a lot of, a lot of of players have gelled quickly like that. Like, you know, I'll give you my example with uh, Matteo Gandizzi. He already, he's always looked like he belongs at Arsenal. He belongs in the team. But like Moise Keane, I mean, right now, he's just new. You know, he just needs a little bit of time but, to gel in. But Ganduzi was a, a Arsenal Academy player, right? No, we bought him in from Lorient, I think. You're at, wrong, the second league, Ryan. The second French league. Huh. Did not know that. He's um, very French. Yeah, clearly. So, yeah, Everton not looking so good this game. Uh, obviously, it was at home to Bournemouth. But, yeah, Everton really didn't control this game at all. Got sliced open on several occasions. Um and just looked the weaker side despite having the bulk of possession. They just never looked never looked at it. Um, they did have a couple good sh- shots, but uh, nothing nothing really too menacing. I think that Bournemouth was definitely the better team on the day. 
So, uh... Alright, next game. Next game. Watford 2, Arsenal 2. Mark? Why, why, what is going on? Why, why would you start David Luiz I'm literally and about to, together? I'm about to, like, literally roast Emery here. Alright, here we go. Emery sets up his teams in the worst way I have ever seen. I have seen... I saw Wenger in his, you know, worst years. But I have never, I never saw Wenger set up this weird of a midfield in front of this bad of a defense. I, I thought it could not get worse under Wenger's defense. And uh, here, here you go. We got David Luiz and Socrates Papastathopoulos starting together, and uh, they're tripping over their own legs more than they are tripping over Socrates' name because they're not doing well. I don't get it. We're conceding penalties. We're conceding stupid goals. Honestly, nobody in this backline looked good today other than Burn Leno because he looks good every day. And it, it's just baffling to me why you would start Granit Xhaka at defensive midfielder along with along with Matteo Ganduzzi, Danny Ceballos, and Mesut Ozil. Those three should never play all at the same time. The ideal midfield to me is honestly da, da, uh, nope. Danny Ceballos, Granit Xhaka, and uh, Torreira as a pivot. Like you cannot use Granit Xhaka as the defender, as the defensive midfielder, because he will not defend. He cannot defend. And honestly, Mesut Ozil, he didn't. I mean, he didn't play awful this game, but he just doesn't fit. And he's on super high wages, three hundred fifty thousand a week. Jeez. And uh, yeah, this is is this his first start. So far this this season, yeah, but he and I know he had the whole yeah. London Gangs, Peaky Blinders thing going on, and that's why I'm not too mad about him starting this late. And you know, but I, I feel like I feel like even when Tierney uh, and Bellerin come back, this isn't going to be much of a better side. Emery consistently sets up his teams to be just. I, I honestly don't get it. I would not have thought of this myself. No matter what I, no matter what I don't know what possessed him to put, you know, this kind of midfield out in front of an already weak defense. Like this midfield gets played through every day of the week. Mesut Ozil doesn't track back because he's, you know, he he never was supposed to. And then Ceballos isn't really a defensive midfielder either, although he was playing center mid here. But Matteo Ganduzi and Danny Ceballos both advance the play, and so does Granit Xhaka. So we have three players that advance the play plus Mesut Ozil, and nobody's sitting back and just helping the defense because this defense needs someone to sit back and help. You cannot concede 31 shots in a game and only say it's the defense's fault. This is... What's the opposite of a master class? Because it's, it's a tactical... It's a tactical... Tactical disaster. There we go. From uh, from Unai Emery. Yeah, I, I Thirty-one shots. Holy crap! That's a lot of shots. I I don't know how they didn't score more. If you know, if we didn't have somebody skying it every twenty, like thirty-five seconds, maybe maybe they would have scored. But maybe thirty-one they scored shots, ten on target. And honestly, they deserve to win it. the The first half, I. I the first half was the weirdest half of soccer I've ever seen because I did not enjoy watching it. I didn't even cheer for the first goal. I didn't even notice that there was a goal going on because it just everything just seemed so choppy. This wasn't the you know the beautiful playing Arsenal that I was used to last season the year this the season before. This was ugly. Like I did not enjoy watching this at all. And I mean, I don't know. At a certain point. This changing your, I, I it almost seems like ch- that Arsenal changes their play style, game to game. That's exactly there's that's no every there's thing. no Arsenal style. Like if you watch a team like City or a team like Liverpool, like there's a distinct style. And regardless of if you know Bobby Firmino's out or uh, when all of them is out or, or somebody's out of that side. It's still going to be the same style of play. And that that's I don't get what why Emery does this every game. You do not need to adjust to Watford. Watford was bottom of the league with one point. You do not need to adjust your entire tactics to Watford. Maybe the Liverpool game. I understand. Even less I understand the Spurs game. But this is this is this, there was no need to shift tactics here. This is a four three three game. I, w- I would say it's not a four three three game just because of uh just because of uh, Lacazette being out. But, you know, this is a game where you keep what you've been doing because it's, honestly, I feel like last year, 
the way we played worked pretty well. So this is like a four-two-three-one kind of thing, where you have you know Aubameyang up top, and you have Pepe, and uh, I mean you would have either Ozil or Ceballos, somebody to fill out on the wing, and the you know the other one of Ozil or Ceballos in the middle, just so you can, you know that's what they're used to. That's and it's always worked. So I don't see what the point of changing it every week when it's not going to work when you change it every week. I've, I haven't seen Arsenal play 4-4-2 until this season, uh, other than when we get like you know desperate with a bunch of injuries. But hey, Mark. here we go. What's up? I had a bombing on my fantasy. Good job. Congratulations. Yeah. Uh, Aubameyang got two scrappy goals. I'm happy for Aubameyang and I'm happy for my And I mean Aubameyang has always been the bright spot of this team despite some questionable play from everyone else around him. I think Aubameyang has always been pretty consistent. Um I, I haven't seen any any you know anything to show that he isn't the best player on this Arsenal team. Maybe you know every once in a while Lacazette or Bern Leno will have like an insane performance. But you know all in all, Aubameyang is the best player on this team. By He's hundred percent the most consistent. Oh, of course, he scores almost. He scores or assists almost every game. He works so well with both Pepe and Lacazette. Obviously, Lacazette because he's been working with him longer. But you know, I wish I could see this kind of consistency in the rest of the team. And I don't mean consistently giving up penalties like David Luiz is for some reason. Consistently making mistakes like Granit Xhaka and Socrates. Consistently just putting out the wrong team like Unai Emery. I don't. I don't, I don't get it. And I mean, I worry about this team even more once Tierney and Bellerin are back because both Tierney and Bellerin are wingbacks, really. Yeah, they are not they're, defenders. They're, they're attacking, defenders, but they're not They're defenders. attacking wingbacks. I mean, they're, they play almost similar to how Liverpool plays where... Trent Alexander-Arnold and Robertson are pushed so far up the pitch, but they can do that because they have big Van Dyke, Van Dyke and Matip in the back who can control things. And it's not a big issue. You know, if there's a breakaway or something because you have the world's best center back defending, I worry that if Hector Bellerin and Tierney are pushing up super far, that David Luiz and Socrates is just going to be a slapstick show in the back. Holding the... I, I, I hate... Okay, actually, I don't think holding needs to come into the starting lineup. I thought, this is going to sound stupid, but Chambers has to come into the starting lineup. If you're consistently losing clean sheets due to stupid mistakes, Chambers is at the very least a level-headed level head, level defender who will not concede a penalty because I, he has a half a brain, I guess. I, I don't know, but... You know he's gonna he's just gonna be there. He might concede a couple goals, but it's not because he's just such an average defender. Where it's like, you know, do, is it even worth it for Emery to play Chambers? And I feel like at this point it, it, you have to you have to take one of David Luiz or Socrates out because it's just not working. Well, and the other thing, and I mean, I only compare it to Liverpool because I've watched so much Liverpool and they're one of the best teams in the world right now. Well, they're they're. They have they have the trophy to prove it that they're the best team in the world um, at the moment. So and I mean they're they're undefeated and they're looking so good. So I mean I apologize for comparing every other team to them at the moment, but um, their defense also works because they have a fantastic defensive midfielder in Fabinho. That it almost is like playing three at the back because you have three high class defensive players and I don't know I, I don't see that strong that strong destroyer in this Arsenal side William Saliba best, better be the second coming of Jesus or something or Koscielny either one less of a snake though but um you know I don't I don't get it I don't I don't see where we're gonna improve this we don't we've spent all the money we've Changed up the tactics. I, I I don't even get it anymore. And it's not injuries at this point because holding. I'm sorry, but you know, 22, 22, 23 year old holding isn't going to save this. Twenty five year old Chambers definitely isn't going to save this. And but yeah, Bellerin. I will okay. I will say Bellerin and Tierney are going to help because Kalashnikov is one of the worst defenders I've seen in this league, and Maitland Niles is just too young. But I don't think that they're going to be 
everything that we need because you need more than just a back four. You need a midfield, and this is not a great-looking midfield. I mean, if you put – literally, he could have put Torreira in there instead of Xhaka, and honestly, this might have been a 2-1. Like, we would have won this game because – and it's not Xhaka's fault. It's because we don't have a player that comes back and helps the defense other than Torreira. And even that, I wouldn't say Torreira is the greatest at that. I feel like maybe putting in Chambers there just to experiment. I mean, playing Torreira, we, he does not start ever for some reason anymore. I, I don't get it, but yeah. All right, so in conclusion, Arsenal bad. Well, and I mean, Arsenal is a good team on paper, which I think is why we're spending so much time kind of talking about them, is because they they should be able to push into the top three, if not even the top two, especially since City apparently is going to be a uh, mid-table side without Laporte. Um, (laughs) So... It's not the center back's fault this time. I have to say, thirty-one shots. You're gonna. I'm, I'm sorry, but if if you're taking thirty-one shots, it's the the defenders aren't gonna do much there. That sounds like a midfield problem. It, it it straight up is. It's just all not having somebody there to sit in front of the defense and guard. All right. Sometimes maybe two people. Next all right, game. Moving Aston Villa on. Zero, Aston Villa West, nil, zero. West Ham nil. Snooze the fest final of the game week. of the week. Snooze fest of the week. Well, thank you for listening to the Fixtures Podcast. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, but there really wasn't much to say about this game. Um, Villa was the better team here, I think. They, yeah, 10 shots, 5 on target compared to West Ham's 1 on target after 13 shots. Um, Aston Villa definitely had the quality of chances. Uh, John McGinn is a fantastic player. He really, really is. Uh I could see him getting swiped up by a bigger side um, next year, probably. He's fantastic, and I think he can really make a big, big impact because he is just running this team right now. Um, Jack Grealish has is excuse me, sorry. Uh, Jack Grealish is an extreme hothead. Uh, yes. Yeah, he he's got to chill it out. I mean, how how has he not got five yellow cards yet? Like, honestly, I feel like he's got yellow card in every game so far. Um, but I think, and I think the problem with this Aston Villa side is the thing that we identified in the pre-show where, where we were looking at all the teams and reviewing them. This attack does not have a lot of goals. Where do the goals come from with this lineup? Wesley is not that good as a striker. El Ghazi is more of an assist player. And so is Yota. Um, so... Where do your goals come from? I mean, they've been, I mean, John McGinn is good, but he's a midfielder. He's not a striker. He's not going to be scoring week in, week out. It's, I I don't know. And I think this is coming back to bite them because Wesley had a really, really good chance in this game to put it to bed and he just didn't. He just missed a a really an easy header that he should have had, put it over the bar. And it's just, they need to be, they need to be more clinical in front of goal. Yeah, Wesley's kind of probably the worst attacker in this league. Start starting striker in the league. I'm sorry, he's definitely not the worst striker. But you know, I don't I don't get it. I don't see where the goals are going to come from. There is they don't they have all the players to set it up. I mean, Trezeguet plays really well. El Ghazi plays pretty nicely too. And I haven't seen much of Hota to be to be honest. But uh, you know, if the, if you can set up play as long as you want. You know, if the goal's not going in, the, if the ball's not going in the net, the ball's not going in the net. You're still gonna lose the game, or I guess draw in this case. Well, and I mean, they got lucky, and I think in this case that West Ham was really off, you know, off off their game. They really didn't look potent either. They kind of just wasted a lot of chances. Nothing really looked to connect between them. I mean, they have a lot of good players with Yarmolenko, Lanzini, Felipe Anderson. And obviously, obviously, Hilaire, that they should be scoring goals. They have so much firepower in this side, and to not score against the Aston Villa side that really isn't putting up too much of a fight. I mean, they were getting bossed around, and I, I don't. They need to be, I think, more composed on the ball, and they need to construct better chances. Because yep. yeah, they're they're really not. 
they're not making good use of their of their chances and of their time on the ball. I think this team's just I think they're gonna start scoring a lot more goals. I think this is just kind of a fluke for them too. But you know, it is what it is. Get that Masuaku double yellow, so he's he he's out for the next game. And uh yeah. I mean honestly they didn't field this team looks pretty good on paper if you look at the the five attacking players, attacking minded players. But then you look down and you see Declan Rice in front of, you know, the most West Ham center, uh, sorry, most West Ham defense I've ever seen. Yeah, it, I mean, it, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if there was almost just too much attacking and there wasn't enough playmaking going on. But and I feel like this has been an issue for them so far this season overall. Is I feel like a lot of the goals they've gotten are more lucky poaches rather than constructed plays that are going to result in a goal. It's more just we shot the ball into the box, it bounced around a bit, and somebody fell into it. Um, and I don't know. They need to. They need. They're in desperate need. I think of a playmaker. Yeah. Mark Noble is the best playmaker in the league. But honestly, yeah, I feel like they could I feel like as just I don't I, I think this team is just so like weirdly put together. Like if you five years ago, if you told me Philippe oh actually if, uh, yeah, honestly, but like okay, before they bought all these players, if you told me that Felipe Anderson he, he would be playing with, you know, Yarmolenko and Hilaire, who I had never heard of three years ago, and just all these like players from like top European teams are all of a sudden coming to West Ham. It it just doesn't make any sense to me. Like, how are these players so good in coming to West Ham and then always underperforming? I mean, that's kind of what happened. I mean, Carlos Tevez played at West Ham. Yeah. Well, yeah. All right. In conclusion, Tyrone Mings is good. All right. Thank you for tuning Uh, in to the Fixers podcast. Hold on. Let's let's read down the table uh, real quick as 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 we exit out here. Um, so we have Liverpool in first place with 15 points, Man City with 10 points, dropping five points so far. Um, Nikki, will this cost in the league? Liverpool's going to mess up. You think? Agreed. Van Dyke's not looking think as solid as he was last year. You don't think year. we're going to win every single game this season? No. And every single Champions League game? No. And go down as the best team we've ever existed? No. I don't think so, no. I think you'd be wrong. Um, no, Van Dyke is looking great. Don't you? Don't you trash Van Dyke? Um, so Spurs then. Nicholas Pepe dribbled past him. That no, no one dribbled past him last season. Someone did Nicholas Pepe. Surprise. <laughs> and uh, then we have the pack of these kind of uh, the Spurs Bad on clubs. Eight- Spurs on eight points, United on eight points, Leicester on eight points, Chelsea on eight points, Arsenal on eight points, West Ham on eight points, all tied um, on points. So there's definitely going to be some more separation there, but it's anybody's game in that middle of of the upper mid table there. Anybody could sneak ahead. And I mean, it just shows you that everybody, despite the fact that United is kind of struggling, they're still pulled off two wins. Uh, Spurs has pulled off two wins. Leicester's pulled off two wins. They've all, all these teams are, are, they have two wins, two draws, one loss. So, yeah, we'll see where, where that goes. Followed by all the people in, with seven points, which is Bournemouth with seven points, Southampton with seven points, Everton with seven points, and Palace with seven points. Um, underachieving a little bit, maybe. I think a couple of those teams, Everton, I think. Just Everton. Everton, I think Everton is probably the only one that can be a little bit disappointed to not to have a better record. Although the only difference is they just lost one more game instead of a draw. Um Followed up by Norwich with six points, three losses, two wins. They don't like to draw, which I can appreciate. Um, then followed by Burnley with five points, Sheffield United with five points, and Brighton with five points each. Um, they could easily... St- I think that's going to be the relegation scrap is going to be here downwards. Followed by Villa with four points, Newcastle with four points, Wolves with three points, and Watford 
without with a new manager now sitting at two points. And I mean, they did manage to squeak out a draw against Arsenal. So I mean, how much I guess is that due to a new manager? Because um, obviously, uh, Gracia was fired over the international break, which we did not talk about. Um, but yeah, Flores coming in as caretaker manager for the time being. I think you can be happy with a, with a draw there. Um, they should be happy. I mean, I'm sorry, but like, come on. It's, it's but hopefully they're, they're gonna need to they're gonna need to start getting some uh, getting some wins if they want to stay up. Things are not looking good for them right now. But I think that about does it. Anything else anybody anybody wants to add? This game week made me want to cry. Yeah. Thank you. We're getting into into the uh, my back hurts business stand. There wasn't a ton that not not any really big uh any big talking points this week other than the Manchester City dropping points, which was pretty big. <sighs> All right. Goodbye, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Pictures Podcast. Nikki wants podcast. to go to bed. So thank you guys for listening, and uh, we'll Good see night. you next week. I love you all. Sleep and dream well. Hopefully your fantasy team did well. Goodbye. Because mine sure didn't. Oh.